Good morning, church. Morning. Morning. Morning, everyone, and I hope everyone is uh, doing reasonably well physically, but exceptionally well spiritually. Um, if you're not doing exceptionally well spiritually, that's okay, too. Uh, all glory be to God that he has uh, allowed you to uh, make it to another Lord's Day um, to, to hopefully um, find some exhortation or inspiration through his word uh, so that uh, you'll be able to uh, get your life, your spiritual life back in good order uh, so that you can begin this week um, feeling exceptionally spiritually well. This morning I want to talk about being known um, and uh, you probably gathered that from the scripture reading. I want to thank Brother People for, for reading that this morning. And uh, <clears throat> uh, to be known um, is, uh, is something that uh, we all want as, as human beings for a number of reasons that I'll explain here in a little bit. But is, uh, there was, a, there was a, a college up in Oregon that uh, Sister Elizabeth was looking at, and their motto was uh, be known. And um, be known... Um, means a lot of things to me. Um, first off, to, to be known, uh, the two things that I kind of glean from that is you know, all of us, we want to be, we all want our lives to have some level of importance. We just don't want to be a number. Um, we want to be valued and uh, um, as individuals, as a unique individual more specifically. Uh, and then secondarily to that is um, while we want to be identified as a unique individual, we also, on the other hand, um, want to be identified as part of a, a tribe or a group or a team or a community. Um, so to be known <clears throat> carries kind of a, uh, is, is certainly a two-sided coin in, in my eyes. Um, for, for the reasons that I just mentioned. And uh, this is couldn't be more self-evident to me in, in some of the things that, that we do. We, we belong to clubs, we belong to fraternities, sororities, um, uh, teams, um, companies, and uh, we all want to be a part of, uh, we all want to be a part of that team. We want that team to also um, be reflective of who we are as individuals. So um, the clothes that you wear um, identifies you as, as you know, uh, is a part of who you are. Um, you know, they, the old saying, you know, you should never judge a book by its color, by its cover, rather. Um, but we do that all the time. Um, it's an innate uh, sense of of who we are as humans, that when people look at us, they should have some sense of who we are inside. Um, so the the way we style our hairs, the the clothes that we wear, uh, for better or for worse, uh, when others I look at us, they 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 may make some um, conclusions about who we are. They may say we're a part of this tribe instead of a part of another tribe. If I'm wearing a particular set of clothing, they may say that I like a certain type of music. Um, 
And we get upset with that. We say that, you know, again, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. You know, we you should get to know me before you lump me into a, a particular classification of people. And that's, again, a part of being known. We, we want to be known as unique individuals, but we also want to be known as the group, a part of a group or a team. In the, in the scripture, um, we, can, we can read of an account where this works both ways, right? Um, you know, if you're out on the street and you're wearing a particular type of clothing, uh, someone may clutch their purse or uh, walk on the other side of the street, right? Because they, they see what they see and they make a conclusion. Or you may be wearing a particular type of clothing when you get pulled over by law enforcement. Um, and you may say, oh my goodness, uh, or the, 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 the law enforcement officer may make a conclusion based off of what he or she sees. And you may be forced to refute that if the, um, because you are seen and known by this individual as being a part of a group that you don't, um, that you don't find fruitful or beneficial to you. In Matthew, the 27th chapter, um, there was a, a group or a tribe of individuals um, led by a man by the name of Jesus Christ, and we know him very well. Um, he had 12 uh, disciples or 12 members of his particular tribe. And in Matthew, the 27th chapter, we read that one member of the tribe, um, who is probably the, one of the more outspoken of the tribe, um, was found, found himself in a precarious position. And uh, this is an example of where being known is, can be a positive and a negative um, based on the circumstance. And I guess um, as we go through this lesson, um, it's important for us to kind of evaluate whether or not we view our Christianity or being known as a Christian um, as being a positive or a negative based on the circumstance? And, you know, that's a rhetorical question. Um, I think we can all answer that. Um, to be a faithful Christian means that regardless of the situation, you want to be known as a Christian. If that means that your life is at risk, so be it. But in Matthew, the 27th chapter, starting at verse number 69, or sorry, the 26th chapter, starting at verse number 69. It reads, uh, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and this is, the palace is where uh, Christ was taken to be tried by uh, the Jews. <clears throat> it says, A damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw, uh, another maid saw him and said unto them that were, that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And he again denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Jesus remembered the word of Jesus. Sorry, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus 
which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. And uh, that's the fickle nature of, uh, of who we are as, as human beings, is while on one hand um, we desire to be known as, as a certain type of person when it benefits us, and we, we, do, we do a really good job investing our energy and resources in being known as a particular type of person when it's convenient. And when it's inconvenient, we strive earnestly to refute all of that investment, all of that time and resources and, and those patterns of behavior uh, to be known as something to the contrary. And we find that Peter, um, uh, Peter did just that. And then secondarily, <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, uh, we can look at the, the book of Romans, the sixth chapter. Where, <clears throat> you know, we spend, uh, we spend a lot of time, or we spend, a, for those of us who were baptized a little bit later in, 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 in our, in life, you know, it's we spent all of that time associating ourselves with uh, or identifying um, with our actions, with our speech, with our clothing, how we spend our money, etc., as being known as a member of the member of the world. And then when we become baptized, um, there's a, a flipping of the switch. And, and I wouldn't say it's it's that it's that quick because we know the process or the plan of salvation rather. Um, there, there is a change that occurs upon the word being planted upon good soil. But in uh, Romans, the sixth chapter, um, it says in verse number 12 that once we were baptized um, or uh, baptized in that water grave of baptism where we put sin um, to death, it says in verse number 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye shall obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And if you recall last week when we talked about the transition that, uh, the two transitions that Christ went through, baptism is a spiritual transition for us. Um, as it says in Second Peter that, you know, baptism is not a washing away the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience towards God. And, and so as we transition from living or associating, being known by the world, um, towards transitioning to being known by God, um, there is something that is drastically different about us. But that may not be absolutely self-evident to those that we may come in contact with. Certainly, if we're acting, dressing, speaking the same way in which we did prior to be, be, uh, becoming a Christian. So, uh, again, um, with this topic of being known, um, 
what to what can we what can we do? Um, I guess where is the spiritual application other than me just you know kind of mentioning a couple examples of, of being known? Um, well, Second Corinthians the thirteenth chapter says that it's important that we know ourselves um, and know ourselves very well. Um, which is the reason why, you know, I've, I didn't do it this Lord's day, but certainly in previous, I've, I've asked, you know, how are you feeling today? Um, why is it important to know thyself? Um, I tell the, uh, the Garner children quite often, never forget who you are and where you come from. And why is that important? Why is it important to, um, to, examine yourself as it says in the fifth chapter of second corinthians the 13th chapter fifth verse boy fifth verse of the 13th chapter in second corinthians it says examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith prove your own selves know ye not your own selves how that jesus christ is in you except ye be reprobates well very plainly certainly you know paul is <clears throat> you know, giving some words of wisdom to the church at Corinth. And it's certainly not lost on each and every one of us is if we, if we find that we do not have Christ in us, then we are reprobates, which means we are counterfeit. We are not genuine. We are not the real McCoy. And I, and I guess that's a, a funny, I don't want to say funny, but humorous to say um, when we come across people who, um, are dressed in a certain way, but don't live that lifestyle, let's say. You know, if you come across somebody, you know, who is, you know, dressing in a certain way, acting in a certain way, but that isn't them, what do you call them? Or what, do, what does the world call them? They, they call them posers. They call them, you know, fake. Um, you know, they're, they're not real. Um, they're not down with the cause, even though they... Um, may dress as if they are part of a particular tribe, a particular group, a particular community. Um, you know, when you when you get down below that that surface level, you find that they are reprobate. And uh, Paul is exhorting the church at Corinth to go through an exercise in which you evaluate or examine yourself, as he says here in the fifth verse, to 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 determine whether or not you are genuinely a part of the church of Christ. If you are genuinely a part of the family of God, uh, the community of believers. Uh, for he says, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is the necessary ingredient, ingredient identifying you as a part of the, the genuine family of God. And, you know, this, this thought process can be carried out in a number of different a uh, number of different ways there. Um, further, if you look back into Second uh, uh, Corinthians, he he talks about um, uh, what is it in the eleventh chapter about Second uh, Corinthians, the eleventh chapter, verses uh, thirteen and fourteen about false prophets who, you know, they they look as if they are a part of a community, certainly the community of God, the family of God, the Church of Christ. 
Um, it says in the 13th verse, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. You know, the exhortation for us is, you know, don't judge a book by its color, cover, excuse me. Don't judge a book by its cover, but to try every spirit, you know, to determine whether or not they're in the faith. You know, an example of that was the Bereans. Um, they didn't just take the words of Peter carte blanche. They studied the scriptures daily um, to determine whether those things that they heard were true. Um, so it's not enough to just, you know, look at someone and, and say, well, they must be righteous. Well, no, we, we've got to not only examine them, but also ourselves. And how does that examination process or what does that examination process look like? So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to First uh, John. So, First uh, John, give me a second to flip over here. In First uh, John. <clears throat> Well, there's a, a lot of verses here that, that I could read, but let's look at the second chapter, starting at uh, verse number 28. It says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we, have we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that if ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. You look off into the third chapter. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for, the, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, and whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And so... You can read just in you know those those few verses here that there's a couple of things that um, one who is a genuine 
a member of the family of God needs to have. And the first thing <clears throat> is confidence, as it says in uh, verse number 28. Um, you know, there, uh, it, is, it is not by mistake, rather, that uh, when Paul told Timothy... Um, I believe it was in the Second Timothy, and I and I mentioned this as a point of reference uh, uh, last Lord's Day. But if you uh, look at Second uh, Timothy, uh, what is it? The fourth chapter, um, <laughs> you know, where Paul told Timothy, "Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, shall give me." And not just me only, but all, but unto all them also that love his appearance. And so speaking of this confidence that uh, the Apostle John Wright wrote in the second chapter in verse number 28. And, and, and with that confidence, not being ashamed um, at the, the coming of Christ is, is also, you know, a joy um, and a love to, uh, for that coming. Meaning... If you're living a sinful life, knowing that when Christ comes again, um, he will judge the quick and the dead, um, and you have done all the things that are, uh, that, are, that, that are contained in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're, you're living righteously, then you should have confidence. The same confidence that, again, uh, uh, Paul had when he wrote these words to, to Timothy, that, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. So that's the first thing. And then secondly, <clears throat> as we read on into the, the third chapter, is um, certainly as is written in, in verse number six, um, is that we don't live as the world is. We don't act as the world acts. Certainly, um, the things that are in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all lend itself towards a uh, living a life of sin. And uh, certainly, uh, as it says in verse number 6 of First John, the third chapter, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. And if you, if you, whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, and neither known him. And a good... Uh, verse that that cross references that is what uh, Christ said in Matthew the seventh chapter verse number 23 um, you know where um, when <clears throat> those who stand before the judgment seat of God um, and I'll flip over there and read it verbatim I mean we've we've uh, this verse has been mentioned uh, certainly by me a many times it says uh, in verse 22 of Matthew, the seventh chapter, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And if you are living a life of sin, um, if you have, <clears throat> if you are known by your actions and certainly by your sinful actions, this is what Jesus will say. Or what the Lord will say. It says, And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So it's not enough to, you know, wear the clothes, you know, 
you know, put on airs. If you don't have Christ Jesus in you, if you're not walking in the light as he is in the light, and there is no sin in the light, um, then you are not known by him, regardless of what you say or what you do. Uh, and again, so this daily self-examination to ensure that we are known by our Father requires us to look at what we've done in our lives, um, to evaluate at least in, in the past 24 hours, what have we done? Um, have we transgressed the law of God? Again, the uh, as it says in 1 John, the third chapter and verse number four, that um, sin is a transgression of the law. Um, just, <clears throat> you know, keeping your finger um, there in First uh, John, um, there is a couple other verses that I wanted to um, touch on, and um, let's take a look at. Uh, um, chapter 4 of 1 John. It says uh, in 1 John, the fourth chapter and verse number 1, um, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, and this is where I want to spend uh, some emphasis here, is there's a colon there in the, the second verse. Um, and the Apostle John is saying that this is the identifying, well, not the identifying mark, but certainly one of the identifying marks of those who have the Spirit of God. It says here, Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, colon. Therefore, Speak they of the world, and the world heareth him. We are of God, colon. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So what type of spirit do you have existing in you? Uh, it goes back to what Paul um, exhorted the, uh, the, the church in Corinth to do as far as examining yourselves is to look and determine whether or not you have, in fact, the Spirit of God. And <clears throat> as, as uh, John writes here is that every spirit that confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, what does that look like? Is that just, um, you know, just saying it? Um, well, we know that confession is a lot more than just speaking it with your mouth. Um, we know that, you know, confession um, of the heart, uh, uh, or excuse me, before confession, you have to believe it in your heart. 
um, and that belief in your heart is manifested uh, with a confession of words. Um, and also, that believing in your heart means that uh, that belief has to also be accompanied by, by action. Um, otherwise, it's not really a belief. If you don't believe in enough to, to act upon it, um, then, again, it's, it's superficial. It's almost like that, uh, that seed that was sown on shallow ground. Um, you know, the winds and exposure to sin and, and other temptations certainly will uh, squash or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for, choke out um, that word that may be sowed on that shallow ground because it's, the, the belief is just not deep enough. In Romans, the sixth chapter, again, if you want to, you don't have to turn back there, but um, I'll, I'll read it. It says, uh, Romans, the sixth chapter in verse number 16, it says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. And, you know, that goes back to, um, you know, that... Uh, that confession is based off a sincere belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So much so that you give your life to it. And what Paul is alluding to here in, in Romans, the sixth chapter, is that um, we are identified by, we are associated or known by God based off who we decide to obey whether that's the, the laws of God or the laws of the world, whether it's, you know, to uh, give obeisance and servitude to the ways of the world or give obeisance and servitude to the ways of God, righteous, unrighteousness or righteousness. It says in verse number 17 of Romans, the sixth chapter, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but that ye obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. And that's what we want to be known as, is not servants of unrighteousness, but servants of righteousness. And again, the examination, this daily examination or hourly, um, depending on how often you need to do it, um, certainly doesn't give a time frame, but we must continue to examine ourselves to ensure that we fall into the community, the family, the church of the righteous one. Which leads us to uh, our scripture reading um, this morning. And uh, the scripture reading again is in the book of Galatians, uh, the fourth chapter. In, uh, <clears throat> and let's start from uh, verse number one. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth not from, the, from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, 
to redeem them that were under the law that they might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now after that ye have, but now after, but now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and time and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. You know that through the infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at first. And my temptation which was in my flesh, ye, excuse me, and my temptation which was in my flesh ye despised not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Jesus Christ. I want to stop there. Um, because... <clears throat> Being known by God um, certainly falls into the, the two categories um, that I started off the lesson with. Um, being known by God or to be known by God means that, yes, while we are members of one body, um, he has an affection and care. Um, he gives his attention to each and every one of us individually as uh, uniquely as individuals. Now, his love is, is the same for all of us, but we are, we are his children, and each and every one of us as children um, are unique. Um, and we, we can go back to the, the book of Matthew, um, where he says that every hair on each and every one of our heads is numbered. I may have more hairs than you or, or less hair uh, than others, but the fact of the matter is, is that God as a count of every hair that is on my body, which means that while he is looking at all of us collectively, he's looking over each and every one of us also as individuals. And then secondarily, to be known of God also means that um, we, are, we are known to be a part of his family, um, a collection of individuals. And uh, Paul starts off in the uh, fourth chapter of the book of Galatians, writing this letter to Jewish Christians by saying that while you were set apart, you know, under the Old Testament, um, when the New Testament uh, has been set forth and the, the fullness of time was come, as he's referenced in, in verse number four, God sent forth his son to uh, adopt not just Jews, but also Gentiles into the fold. We all, uh, Jews and Gentiles, were different. They looked different. They talked different. Um, we know that Jews were circumcised and Gentiles were uncircumcised. But it is through the death, birth, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have been adopted into the family of God. And Paul says later on in this verse that 
um, in spite of in spite of this infirmity of the flesh that he had that was self-evident to those who saw him they did not reject him but they understood and saw that and acknowledged him as being as it says in verse number 14 an angel of god even as christ jesus and i can only say that the only reason why they they knew that he was a man of god was not anything that they saw but because when they looked at him, when they heard his words, when they examined his life and his actions, he was found to have the Spirit of God existing inside of him. And that's a success story. Um, and that's an example that, uh, that we can take with us as we go into this upcoming week. First and foremost is we need to examine ourselves. We need to ensure that we have the Spirit of God existing in us. Um, and you only know that you have the Spirit of God existing in you when you are living righteous, when you are serving God. We, we talked about this a couple Sundays ago, that if you have the Spirit of God in you, you cannot sin. Um, and what that means is, is as, you are, as you are living your life according to the Spirit of God, you're also putting to death um, the, the flesh that we all carry with us each and every day, meaning... We don't give ourselves over to the desires of the flesh. We allow ourselves to be guided by the Spirit of God. And if we do that, we cannot sin. Um, because the Spirit of God won't lead us down the path of sinful living. So if we examine ourselves and, and we look back at the actions we've done in the past day, the past hour, whatever it looks like, if it aligns with the gospel of Jesus Christ, if it aligns with the Spirit of God, then we are in the faith. And we can have that confidence of knowing that when Jesus Christ comes again to redeem the body, that we will be a part of those who are gathered up in the clouds and be with Christ forevermore. If we find it's to the contrary, then we, we shouldn't uh, pull the wool over our eyes and, and think that we're known by God. Because we'll hear those words that we don't want to hear. As was read in Matthew the 7th chapter in verse number 23. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Or excuse me the judgment seat of God. And, and Christ is um, you know, uh, initiating the proceedings of judgment. And we stand before him and say but Christ we, we've done all these things in your name. And he says depart from me you work of iniquity for I never knew you. Well, <clears throat> in spite of you know, our dress, in spite of our speech, if we are not living as God would have us to live, um, we are not known of him. Um, this, you know, you could, you could try this out in your own home. Um, you know, the dark uh, is extinguished in light, or rather there is no darkness in light. <clears throat> And the scripture tells us a number of, in a number of examples that the darkness of the world is sin and the light of God is righteousness. And there is no sin in righteousness. I mean, those, those things are uh, just absolutely opposed to one another. Um, so, again, to be known of God um, is a beautiful thing. And we want to be known by God. We want him to know our names, um, 
We want him to remember our name. We want our names to be written in that book of life that as he's you know, going into his document of reference, he finds our name and that we will be able to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom of, uh, enter into the kingdom of rest. And so the lesson is yours this morning. Um, if you are here and, and there are some things that you've done in your life which are unrighteous, which fall into the category of sin, which is a transgression of the law, then you are not known by God at this very moment. And that's a scary place to be, um, but it can be remedied. Uh, the process of being remedied um, is, is not uh, an arbitrary one, but it is a process of repentance. And you can find that in 2 Corinthians as well. Um, but if you're here this morning and you want to begin that process, if, if there's something in your heart that is, uh, if your heart has been pricked, rather, and you want to make a change today, um, you can come to God with the spirit of repentance and ask him for forgiveness um, and be restored uh, back into the light and to be um, renowned, if you will, by God. It, as, as, we, as our obligation is to spread the gospel to those out there in the world, it's important to just keep in mind that um, there are billions of people that, while uh, are created in the image of God, are not known by God because they do not have His Spirit. And the only way to obtain His Spirit is to hear uh, the, uh, the first principles of the oracles of God, that, that God is God, that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, that God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son to, uh, to die on the cross for our sins, um, that in the three years that uh, in, in the ministry of Jesus Christ that he gave forth his gospel or the gospel of his father to the apostles and the apostles by virtue or by proxy of Jesus Christ um, preached the gospel in the first century to, um, the, uh, to the churches of Christ. Um, and that's the, um, the bulk, if not all, of the New Testament scripture. One must hear those words. Um, they are the power of God and salvation. One must believe it. One must repent. Um, turning away from a, a sinful life towards, uh, towards a righteous one. And one must be baptized. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost to be remiss of the sins that they've committed prior to. And in order to obtain the gift of the Spirit of God. And with that spirit, live faithfully until death in order to obtain a crown of life. So again, um, the, less, the lesson and the message is yours. Um, we will sing a song of invitation. Immediately afterwards, the floor will be open to anyone who needs to request a prayer. Thank you very much for your time and attention.